Hello and welcome to another Sustainable Wine Podcast with me, Hannah Homari. You're listening to our Sustainable Wine Roundtable member interview series, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Kim Wilson, Managing Director and Founder, and Rebecca Murphy, Technical and Buying Assistant at North South Wines. Kim, Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi. North South Wines is a UK wine distributor with an ambition to achieve sustainable development across the business. Kim, perhaps you could start off by telling us a bit more about this ambition. For instance, what does sustainability mean to North South Wines and what kind of sustainability goals have you set? So we've been set up since 2014. When we started the company, it was quite nice because we had a blank canvas that we could look to set up a business in the way that we wanted it to be and to try and future-proof it as well. And part of that was from the beginning that we always were really keen to do the right thing. To start with, it was very much focused on our supply base and who we worked with and how we focused on that. And the bulk of that was working with family-owned wineries, wineries that had sustainability. And when I talk sustainability, originally back in 2014, I'll be totally honest, sustainability meant to me just green, organic, and that's what sustainability meant to me. And I don't think I really, and us as a business, really understood exactly what sustainability meant until we got a bit further into it and investigating what that was and then that it covers everything from suppliers people community the planet everything that goes with that so for us we very much focused on our supply base to begin with ensuring that we had like-minded partners that had a focus on sustainability that was great and it worked really well for us and then as we developed and got through the initial stage of setting up north south wines and all the troubles and issues and good things that happen with setting up a business we really started looking at going well okay how do we make this right for us and make sure that we're doing this in the right way and that we're not looking to greenwash or put our right foot forward and get our house in order first of all so it was probably about two and a half years ago just coming out of the first part of lockdown that really made us start thinking about right we have to be more sustainable in what we do how do we work towards this as a business to put the right measures and actions in place for how we do this and then how we work to go forward. We realised that a lot of things we were already doing, but we really needed some sort of framework to develop with that and how we put that in place. And that's where we started looking at the conversations around how we work with B Corp, which Rebecca will come on to a bit later. That's how it started for us and how we were doing. But what sustainability means to us as a business now is really around ensuring that we have great quality wines that upholds all of our commitments that we've now put in place from our partners to our employees and to what happens with the planet as well we want to champion better business through what we're doing and really nurture the relationships that one that we've got in-house but also with our customers our third-party suppliers our partners at the wineries that we work with and that's a really big part of everything that we're doing so we all have the same sustainability goal with that and then what we've done is we through the b corp side of things we've aligned that out into different pillars so we actually have five pillars of what sustainability means to us and where we'll focus that on so that's from workers to community to customers, supplier, and then the environment as well. That's the core of what we're looking to and the goals that we've got for sustainability for North South Wines. On the point around collaborating with suppliers to drive sustainable progress throughout the supply chain, what are some of the key focus areas that you're working on here and how are you approaching that with your suppliers? 
Rebecca, it's probably better if you do this because you've been working really hands-on with it. Okay. We've been very lucky, as Kim said from the start, all of our suppliers have some kind of sustainability focus. For some of them, it might be something they're doing environmentally. It might be like for one of our South African wineries, Painted Wolf, they focus on conservation. Or we've got wineries that focus on more environmental projects such as organic or biodynamic So we've got all of our supply base have got some kind of sustainable focus. So it's been really easy working with them with progressing our sustainability strategy because they're all very supportive and want to embrace it. The way we started with all of our suppliers is by doing a sustainable questionnaire with each of them, looking at all the different areas that Kim mentioned within their businesses. So looking at how they work with their workers, how they work with their local community, looking at what they're doing with the environment and their governance structure around it. We've looked at all the different areas of sustainability for all of our suppliers and sent them this questionnaire um, just to really get the detail and the real understanding of what they're doing and what they're planning on doing. And then from this, we've developed some sustainability strategies with each of our suppliers, looking at where they might have areas of improvement or where they could focus some energy in improving We've been tailoring it to each supplier because they're all varied and they're all different. We've also written a new ethical, social and environmental policy that we get all of our suppliers to sign up to. And they've all been very happy to sign up to this. We've always had an ethical policy in place, but we've um, enhanced this by adding social and environmental aspects to it. So looking at minimum standards of how they work with water, waste and energy, you know, tracking what they're doing and looking to improve. We have put those standards in place for all of our suppliers as well. And we've got a very close relationship with our suppliers. We visit them as much as we can. We've got very open, honest relationships with them. So working together on these sustainability targets and objectives has been quite easy. And it's been really inspiring to see them get excited about the process. We'll ask certain questions of them and it will make them think about how they can make improvements. And they've all embraced that. It's because of the foundation we've got of this really kind of sustainably focused supply base that we've been working with from the beginning. Um, It's made it quite an easy process. So with this sustainable questionnaire that you mentioned that you conducted with each supplier, I know you said that the results were fairly unique with each supplier, but were there any key themes that stood out across the board and standout issues that everyone's grappling with? One of the big areas of the strategy we've worked on with suppliers is around packaging. So we've looked at all the different elements of packaging and every supplier has some aspect of packaging which they can make improvements on, whether that's increasing recycled content or better labelling about the recyclability of the product. So that's something that's a common theme across all of them. Otherwise, it really does vary supplier to supplier. You know, I've had some suppliers where they haven't been looking at renewable energy yet. And then that's like a project that they're going to be working on. Some suppliers that aren't doing much within the community yet. And they're they're going to be looking at how they can work with community projects. So it it really does vary. Each supplier is different in where they've already put investment and time into improving their sustainability. But you had a really good one yesterday, Rebecca, with an Argentinian supplier that our bottle weight for the UK is 
what they consider to be lightweight is quite high for the UK. But because they do so much business in America, America wants a higher weight bottle for that look and feel of premiumization. And trying to get a lighter weight bottle in certain countries can be really difficult if there isn't demand for it. So one of the projects that we're looking at there is how do we effectively drive more sales to create demand for a lighter weight bottle that can be produced in a market that is not readily available. That's things where it's really great that that's quite a big undertaking but wineries are willing to look at that and invest on it if we can do our bit from this side to try and drive the sales to get those numbers that they need to get to use that lighter weight glass as well. It was a really positive conversation I had with the Argentinian winery and that it raised certain industry discussions about how we communicate sustainability to consumers as well. And that's definitely a project I want to work with, with our wineries, but with marketing and sales within North-South Wines is to look at how we can work with our customers, maybe bigger customers such as multiples and communicate in the packaging and in other marketing ways the benefits of moving to lighter weight bottles so that we can can get the uptake and change consumer perception. So that's another theme around the packaging that has come through from conversations is about how we communicate it to the consumers correctly. They're all really positive conversations. All the suppliers have been very enthusiastic about the goals that we're working on and want to help us achieve them. That's a a fantastic example. And we touch upon bottle weight, which is such a huge, huge topic for the wine industry. And also, of course, a focal point for the SWR. So we have our SWR retailers group where we're working on joint action on bottle weights, building consensus towards just a wider approach on supply chain information alignment, creating an evidence-backed timeframe for change for bottle weight reduction and so on. Lots to do in that space, absolutely. Talking a bit more about packaging, I don't know if you want to mention about anything you're doing regarding your own brand packaging. We're analysing packaging from our own brand and from our suppliers. So last year was the first year that we gathered all the specific sustainability data for all of our packaging. We didn't quite get to 100% of the data. We got to about kind of 80-85%. This year, I'm hoping to get 100% of the data. But that's where we looked at whether there was recycling information on the labels, the percentage recycled glass content or recycled cardboard content in the cartons, the recycled content in the labels and the screw caps, whether the corks and the labels and cartons were FSC certified, all that kind of data we gathered together and analysed across all of our products, so from our own brand and from our suppliers. And that's what helped frame a set of targets. We've done a three-year timeframe for our targets, so by 2025, to make improvements in all of those areas on what our current average is. And then we've compared each supplier individually against those targets to see where they can make improvements and our own brands as well. So we've got targets for all of that. We've given ourselves three years because we want to give realistic timeframes. It's not something where we want to say, right, change all your labels tomorrow to have the recycling logo on. It needs to be at a time when there's going to be a label update. There's going to be a change to it anyway. And at that point, we can look at adding a logo on or we can look at different label material that has a higher recycled content. It's got to be realistic. And especially in the current situation with glass supply, we can't be saying to supply we need you to have X amount of recycled content in your glass when they're just scrapping around to get any glass. It's got to be realistic and not put too much pressure on our suppliers. But we do want a time frame to work towards and um, with specific goals to get to. So it'll all be analysed 
each year to look at our progress against all of those. And we'll be having annual strategy meetings with each of our suppliers to look at where we're getting to with each of the targets. So it's not just for our own brand packaging where we're setting all these targets. We're, we're working with each of our suppliers in every element as well to make improvements. Just to add to that as well, there's also an element with customers, the bigger customers that we work with that we do own label with, where some are pushing back a bit on glass weight. And then the ones that aren't pushing back on glass weight, we're actually saying to them, like, should we put this in a X weight bottle that you're recommending? Or should we actually look at a lighter weight glass bottle that doesn't show much difference and is better for the environment? So that's another conversation that's starting to happen with certain customers that we do own label for as well, is is saying to them as well, should we be looking at different alternatives? The current climate is very difficult with glass as Rebecca just said you literally scrabbling to get your hands on whatever you can get but the plan and the incentive and the motivation is there to want to look at this going forwards and that's something that's part of our core objectives going forwards and hopefully we will come out of this glass situation and issue that we're in at the moment and things will start to ease it's a bit like a crystal ball at the moment trying to see what we can do where we can do is definitely top agenda for us From the sounds of it, North South Wines have been very, very busy with a number of initiatives. You also submitted your B Corp submission earlier last year in July. And before we delve into what that journey looked like, I'd love to hear why you decided to go for this certification. Why B Corp and what are the benefits of this and how does it differ from other certification schemes? It was really two and a half years ago, started thinking about, right, okay, what do we actually do to put our money where our mouth is? And as my team know, I set fairly high standards for myself, but also what we do as a company. So it was really looking at what were the best things for us to look at to go from. And being perfectly honest, two and a half years ago, we had no idea where to start, what to do, what we looked at. And it was really just research. And B Corp came up to me that I actually didn't know anything about it, but my best friend had been working on a project for somebody and said to me, oh, you should check out the B Corp certification. It's really good. So I looked into it and I was just like, well, we'll never do that. And then we decided to investigate it a bit more. And we got a representative from B Lab to come on board and just talk us through it a bit more. So that was myself, Rebecca, and our finance director, Simon Ollendorf, just to talk us through it a bit more. And as she was talking more and more about what B Corp stood for and how it would work, it more and more all of us were just like yes it's going to be difficult it's going to be tough I have no idea where any of us will find the time to do this and we have to make fundamental changes to the business but it was the framework that we decided to work with and I think the really big and important thing for me and the business was to make sure that we were living and breathing a particular framework that we put in place and B Corp is really rigid it's quite taxing it's tough on the company in the right way but also from a resource point of view so we had to do quite a lot of investigation around how we were going to do it and how we would go forward with it and that's when Rebecca really came in to manage she'd already been working with us as a company but um, her role evolved to really run the project alongside Simon RFD and then that was then cementing all of that down but for us it was really that B Corp looked and felt like it was the right certification for us to go to and the framework and what was encouraging was yes it's scary as hell thinking oh my god we've got to earn 80 plus points to even get accredited is that we were actually doing quite a few bits that they were recommending in there but we just had no framework in place for it and then there has been significant change on things that we just weren't doing but I think the big thing for B Corp for us is that it provides that framework for us but it's really about driving a force for change within business and business for the good as well and covers all areas of sustainability from us and gives us that great 
framework to do that. And hopefully the big tick of accreditation at the end of it. And it is tough. It's a tough accreditation. There's only 6,000-ish companies globally that have it. And a thousand of those are from the UK. It's great that it's becoming much more recognised in the UK. But likewise, we'll still be one of very few companies that actually have gone all the way and, and hopefully get the accreditation. Is there anything else you want to add to that, Rebecca? I think the key thing for us was the fact it was all-encompassing, which you mentioned. It was social and environmental. It wasn't one or the other. It did all of it. And that was really important to us. And the key focus for them is about transparency, about accountability. And we wanted to do sustainability right. We wanted to do it in the right way. We didn't want to say things that weren't correct. We didn't want to shout out slogans, but not actually have the right things in place for us as a business. And the whole thing about having the transparency and the accountability was was really important to us. It also helps you continually improve. It's not just about getting the certification, tick, you're done. You're recertified every three years and you've got to try and improve your score each time. That's what the whole focus is, is you want to be doing better each time you're recertified. So that kind of continual improvement was something that really resonated with us as well. And as Kim said, it's very recognised in the UK. So of the over 6,000 companies globally, 1,000 of those are in the UK. It is becoming more recognised in the market that we're in. And hopefully it will give more reassurance to our customers on our sustainability credentials when we do get the certification. Hopefully it will open opportunities for us as well. You know, sustainability, it's important and it does give a positive impact in the environment and, and socially in lots of different areas. But you've got to see the benefits for the company and having that certification will hopefully open opportunities for us, deepen our current relationships and help us grow the company in that way. As Kim said, when we heard all about it at the start, it just seemed the right fit for us and it just covered everything we wanted to do in in the right way. I think also for us as a business, we've been fortunate that we've been able to get on this road early or relatively early. Whilst what we're doing is fantastic, this will become the norm. It has to become the norm going forward. And every business will require some sort of certification that is making sure they're actually making change for good. And Rebecca's just been doing a sustainability course as well. And and she came back to me and said, it's really great that as a company, we've been able to actually get on and do this. And we're at the front of what's going to happen because it will have to happen every company will have to look at some form of this and you know there's great companies out there doing it way ahead of what we are doing as well a relatively smallish business that we are and the resource level that we've got I'm immensely proud that we've been able to give the focus and the approach that this needed to have yeah fingers crossed we get that certification because that really will be the cherry on the top but again throughout the whole process I kept saying to Rebecca and Simon Rebecca is desperate for us to get this like we all are but also very very cautious and worried that we won't and then what that means and I'm like look if we don't get it what we've actually done is we've made the business better because we've put a framework in place yes we might not have the 80 points or get the 80 points that we need to actually be certified but our business fundamentally is better going forward because of what we've done and then we'll just try again we're very tenacious and we'll just try again but that's not going to happen is it Rebecca we're going to get it aren't we we're going to get it it's going to (laughs) be let's chat a bit more about the requirements for the certification then you mentioned that there is five pillars so I'd love to hear a bit more about those 
And then also, Kim, you already briefly mentioned that the framework aligned with some parts of your existing sustainability strategy, but then added value in other parts where you maybe weren't doing as much. I'd love to hear a bit more about that as well. The five pillars of sustainability when it comes to B Corp are, are governance, workers, community, customers, and the environment. At the very beginning of the B Corp journey, we got specialists come in to do a materiality assessment for us, which basically looked at all of our material issues as a business, our material impacts, and then talked to all of our stakeholders to rank them in importance. And that helped us give focus to three areas. And it highlighted where people saw the strengths for us as a business already. So we were already doing a lot when it came to the workers section. So the benefits for the staff, all that kind of area we were really, really strong in. The environmental impact of our own operations and the environmental impact of our suppliers came as the two top ones that we should really, really focus on. And then the social impact of our supply chain came as third. They were areas where we either hadn't analysed enough, looked into enough what our impact was, and we could really get our own house in order and put some more focus on those. They helped us frame where we put our energy in. And then Simon, who we mentioned before, trained with Green Element in to put our environmental management system in place um, which and do our carbon footprinting as well. So that really helped us understand. And now we've got a strategy with our environmental impact of where we can make improvements. What's really important about them, what Simon did is we could have got somebody in and paid somebody to do all that Green Element carbon mapping for us. But Simon really wanted to learn and understand it and make sure we got to the bottom of what the business was doing. So he he took the time out to learn, train himself on it and has come up with that now. So there's no issue with taking an easier way out and paying somebody to do it and getting that because you ultimately get the same result. But for us, it was really about we wanted to dive really deep into what North South Wines was doing. And that was great that Simon did that. From doing the materiality assessment and going through our B Corp assessment and going through each of the five key areas and answering key focus questions on those, we've developed our key set of targets, which Kim touched on before. And four of the eight of those are environmental impact, which we saw as really important. So we had our initial training, we did our materiality assessment, we went through the whole B Corp assessment and looked at where we were, what points we got at the very beginning and where we wanted to get to. And that helped us frame our action plan of like how to get to there. One of the key areas we focused on, which we weren't very strong in to begin with, was the community side as well, the social impact of us as a business. And we actually surveyed all the staff that I think it was the beginning of 2021 and asked them all for their take on where we should focus on a business. And it came through that with the community side, our staff would really like to have paid hours to be able to do community and charity work. We we looked at other options where we gave a percentage of our profits to a certain charity or how we did it. They thought that that would be more meaningful. So now every member of staff has 20 hours paid a year to do community or charity work, which has been really positive and we've had a really good uptake from it. So we have targets around promoting and giving staff the opportunity to be involved in that. We have targets about the satisfaction scores of our annual surveys for our workers and satisfaction scores on customer surveys and then we've got target around our significant suppliers we want all of our significant suppliers to have social or environmental certifications and then within the environment where our environmental management system that Simon's working on we want to get that ISO 14001 certified we're working with our landlord to move to 100% renewable energy 
We are working on our packaging targets, so around glass and carton recycled content are our two key targets, but we've got targets on every element of packaging as well. And then we've got an electric car scheme for our sales team. And one of our targets is to move all of our sales team onto the electric car scheme by 2025. Does open it up to the whole company as well, doesn't it, Rebecca? Yes. So it's with the, there's an incentive to move the sales team over yes. to electric. And then we have an electric poli- car policy in place as well for other employees that aren't sales related. That was one of those things that we talked about earlier at the beginning, before we sat down and put like the thought about how we wanted to become more sustainable. We were in an office with eight electric charging stations and we were putting it in literature. And I read this literature and I was like, why are we putting in that we've got eight electric car charging stations, but not one individual in the company has an electric car and we have no scheme in place for an electric car scheme to enable anyone to be incentivized to get an electric car. So it's things like that where you just work small bits back that, yeah, it's great we're in an office with electric chargers, but it's no good to anybody if no one's got the thing put in place to actually enable them to have an electric car. That's what's been great about this whole process really is, is really looking at all of those things that Rebecca's just talked about. What would you say have been the biggest challenges you faced during this process? And if you had a couple of key learnings to share with any listeners thinking about applying for the B Corp certification, what, what would those be? At the beginning, it's really the scale of the challenge, where to start. And that's what B Corp was really good for us. I think it can be a bit overwhelming at the very beginning to know how to approach it. It's a lot of time and resource and in a challenging trading period like we've got at the moment, persuading everyone within the business to invest the resource and time in this is really important and can be a challenge. It's making sure that people realize this is a long-term goal and not something that you can just dip in and out of. It's We're making a, a change to the company's vision and the company's mission. And this is an intrinsic part of us now as a business. So it's not something that you can just pause while things are busy and, and hectic. It's ongoing and constant. I think with regards to the B Corp certification, At the beginning, understanding all the terminology when it comes to sustainability, what net zero, carbon negative, carbon positive really mean and what we want to say against us as a business. We didn't want to say the wrong phrase and get it wrong. So it's how you approach those key terms and how you really kind of get to know and understand them. Gradually changing the company's perception on what the most important considerations are. So when you're looking at a new supplier for stationery, for instance, you don't just look at the cost of the stationery first. You look at the sustainability credentials of the product and the company as alongside the cost, and they're just as important, the consideration of the sustainability and the impact getting everyone to appreciate that. I think there can be just a tendency to look at at the numbers first and there needs to be a bigger picture. So that's been a gradual challenge in changing the way everybody thinks about new products or the way you go about business. With the key learnings, for me, it's been really inspiring to see how many people agree that sustainability is important, although there's very varied knowledge between people within the company everyone agreed it was really important and getting everybody involved. So when we put together our action plan, following going through the B Corp questionnaire, we included lots of people within the business. It wasn't just me and Simon and Kim working on this. We got everybody in the we could in the business involved in different projects and different elements. Everybody wanted to be involved. So it was really positive a really nice experience like seeing everybody's enthusiasm for helping us achieve this dividing everything up 
getting everybody involved and it encourages everybody to come on the journey with us to live and breathe sustainability as well, getting them involved in the process. What has been really interesting for me is actually the people who've challenged us has, have really helped us understand why we're doing it. People within the business that have questioned, I oh, know, I don't think we should do that. Oh, I don't know, this isn't the right way. It like being able to kind of argue the point for the changes we're making really kind of reinforces what we are doing and, and helps us understand why it's important. It's important to have those conversations with the people that are questioning it. And one key last thing is really read the questions on the B Corp assessment. Sometimes you read them and you think, oh, yeah, I've done that. That's fine. And then you go back and read it again and go, oh, no, maybe not. Oh, I'm not sure. If you're going through the assessment, read the learn more bit in every question because it gives you more detail behind the question because you think you're there and then you read it and go, no, actually, no, I'm not. I need to do some more things around it. I think also, Rebecca, just what we found has been great is just like networking. There's a really great community within the B Corp network and even people outside of it as well. But for us, definitely, there's people we know that have recently been accredited. There's people like Mirabeau, for example, who we work with. They're going through the same process at the same time as us, one of our winery partners. And that was great to be able to, Rebecca, to have somebody else to talk to there. Somebody that we know at the moment that's actually B Corp certified is just about to write their impact report and saw our impact report and was like, it's amazing. And I and then I set up a little WhatsApp group between Rebecca and them and said, just shout out to Rebecca if you need anything or any help or guidance. So it's been really great. It's a really nice community. That is part of what B Corp's for as well, is for people to learn and communicate with each other and learn best practices and learn from each other. It's been really good for us. If anybody does want to look at our impact report, we've got a new section of our website based around sustainability. You can access our impact report on there. So if anybody does want to know any more detail about what we've done and what we're doing, it's all on the website in our impact report. Kim and Rebecca, it's been really great to hear about all of the sustainability efforts of North South Wines. And I certainly have my fingers crossed for you. So thank you both so much for coming on to the podcast, for sharing your insights and, of course, for your continued support of the SWR. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's been great to share the story with you as well. So listeners, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to our podcast channel and sign up on www.sustainablewine.co.uk to receive our newsletter and regular updates. And of course, if you're interested in getting involved in the SWR, please do just get in touch.